Chapter 20 After playtime, the head teacher came into the class. He explained that for the rest of the day, he would be teaching them. He was particularly interested in how far they had got with the puzzle sheet. James was feeling more awake now, and was happy to go through the first five cryptograms and how he'd deciphered them. The class worked on cryptograms and Christmas cards for the remainder of the morning. James's tiredness was replaced with excitement as he managed to solve the sixth and seventh cryptograms and had an idea about the eighth. At lunchtime, James, Jenny, Wilf and Queenie whispered between songs in choir practice. They tried to work out a plan for rescuing asthma, but it was hard. It was Friday and the choir performance was on Saturday on Hove Lawns. This was the last chance to get everything right before they sang with the other schools in front of an audience. Mrs Redfern was in charge and she worked them hard for the whole lunch hour. All the Green Hands gang could do was work out logistics. Wilf, Queenie, Laurie and Laurie's friend Roscoe all had to go home straight after school. But once home, they could ask to play out in Hollingbury Park, which was close to the golf course. Will's friend Max said that he would try and meet them there. James and Jenny said that they would take the taxi, check out the place that Asthma was being held, and then gather up the gang from Hollingbury Park. Wilf, Queenie, Laurie and Roscoe would get as many Tabasco weapons together as possible to help fight the foxes. At the end of the day, James was excited. Only when he took his bag off his peg did he remember that it contained a waterproof bag inside with the girdle picks in it. It must have done a good job, as the stone of Brighthelm had not caused any crazy winds during the school day. Jenny walked with him to the school gate. There was a taxi stopped in the entrance to the small school car park. Parents and children were walking around it, ignoring the car and its driver. "'Is that our car?' Jenny asked. "'Let's find out,' James said. When he got near the car, the driver opened the passenger door. "'Are you taking us to asthma?' James asked. The driver nodded. James and Jenny climbed in. The driver said nothing and manoeuvred the car onto the road and drove up the hill. When they were halfway up Balfour Road, James saw the rest of the Green Hands gang walking in a group. Hey, he said to the driver, can we pick up some more helpers? The driver nodded and pulled over. James opened the door. Get in, he said. We'll give you a lift up the hill. Wilf quickly jumped into the front seat and let Queenie, Laurie and Roscoe squeeze in the back with James and Jenny. The driver didn't seem to mind and pulled away once they were all in. A few minutes later, they stopped at Woodbourne Garage and the children got out. OK, James said. Change of plan. Let's meet up here in half an hour. Hopefully Jenny and I will know what we're up against by then. The gang ran off down the hill and James and Jenny continued to Stanmer Park. Thirty minutes later, they were back at Woodbourne Garage, waiting for the gang to return. It wasn't long before they were running back up the road armed with fox-repelling equipment, and this time they were accompanied by an older boy with shoulder-length brown hair, Queenie's brother, Spencer. Spencer was the biggest, so, despite vocal protestations from Wilfred, 
he got in the front seats with Lorry on his lap. The modified Tabasco weapons went in the boot, and James, Jenny, Queenie, Wilf, and Roscoe wedged themselves on the back seat. They were about to drive off when Wilf said, Hang on. Another boy, Max, was running up the hill. He was carrying one of the largest Nerf guns James had ever seen. He put it in the boot, and then, despite vocal protestations, sat on top of Wilf in the back. The driver didn't say a word, but drove off up Ditchling Road. As far as we could see, James said, Asma is inside an abandoned greenhouse up past Stammer House. Were there any foxes about? Spencer asked. There were three in front, and maybe some more inside, or spread out in the woods, Jenny said. We couldn't be sure. What I think we should do, James said, is drop a few people by the upper lodges to make their way down through the woods. Then the rest of us will charge in through the front and take them by surprise. They spent the next few minutes working out who was doing what. Then the taxi pulled off Ditchling Road into the car park behind the upper lodges. Spencer, Wilf and Jenny got out. Their job was to quickly and quietly run down the hill through the woods and look for any foxes or magpies around the back of the greenhouse. Wilf took a handful of Tabasco water bombs and a bow and arrows with Tabasco suckers. Spencer had a bowler, or two Tabasco-soaked tennis balls tied onto a rope. Jenny had two Nerf guns with Tabasco-tipped darts loaded. It was almost dark when the three children ran off down the muddy path. The taxi driver said nothing and drove the rest of the gang back to the main road. From there, they crossed the A27 and took the main entrance into Stanmer Park. James told the driver to park by Stanmer House. It was a posh-looking stately home, but there was no one around on a Friday night. They made sure they were ready. James went for Tabasco water bombs. Laurie and Roscoe both had bows and arrows, Queenie had a Nerf crossbow, and Max had his huge Nerf machine gun. They walked slowly past the house and took a left toward the greenhouses. There was no rush, as they wanted to make sure that Jenny, Spencer and Wilf had time to make it down through the woods. The first greenhouses were up ahead. They were still in use, plants growing up against the transparent plastic walls. They went down the side of the first greenhouse and then cut along the back. It was dark, but the moon was out, giving them enough light to see by. When they reached the last working greenhouse, James signalled for everyone to be quiet. There was a small path around the back that led to where asthma was being held. Then, at James's command, all the children ran along the path and rushed to the front of the abandoned greenhouse, ready to take on the guard foxes but there were no foxes there, just a broken-down glass house with some old pallets stacked against the side. The gang spent a minute checking all around, but they found nothing. After another minute, Jenny and Spencer appeared, climbing over a wall at the back. Hey, James said, see anything? Nothing, Jenny said. You? Nothing. Where's Wilf? Oh, he ran off like usual, Spencer said, idly twirling the bowler around. He'll be around somewhere, though. Okay, James said. Let's get asthma. All of the children went round to the front of the greenhouse. It was dark inside, and even though there were lots of broken windows, it was hard to see. 
The front door, if you could call it that, was an old piece of chipboard leaning against a doorway. Between the two of them, Spencer and Max pulled the board to the side. Roscoe and Laurie went in first, shouting as they jumped through into the building, bows ready to fire. Clear, they called back. James went in next, and the rest followed him. At the back of the dark space was Asma, sitting quietly on a chair. Jenny rushed over to her. Are you okay? Jenny asked. Asma said nothing, but she nodded. Let's get out of here, James said. This place is a little creepy. They all turned round and walked back out. That was easy, Roscoe said, once they were all outside. Uh, I'm not sure about that, Queenie said. Look around. From every bush and every possible escape route, foxes appeared. The gang was surrounded by Chimera's clan. Not so confident now, are you, boy? Chimera said, stepping out in front of the gang. No badgers or crows round here to protect you. Now give me that stone, and I might let you walk out of here alive.